You're listening to the podcast version of How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. I'm Ted Burnham. For our show on August 16, 2011, I spoke with Alan Stern of the Southwest Research Institute, who is the principal investigator on the New Horizons NASA mission that's headed towards Pluto. We spoke about the discovery recently of a fourth moon orbiting Pluto and what this means for his mission and for planetary science in general. Now, of course, there was more to talk about than we could bring you on our live broadcast, so here's an extended version of that interview. I began by asking Alan to describe the new object that was found orbiting Pluto. We discovered a new moon of Pluto end of June and the beginning of July using the Hubble Space Telescope. It's a small moon uh, that orbits between two of Pluto's other moons. It orbits between the moons Nix and Hydra. And how does it compare to those other moons? Uh, Nix and Hydra are, are the smaller ones that, that have been discovered so far. And uh, is Charon that's the bigger one? Right. So, so Pluto's largest moon is called Charon. And its diameter is 1,200 kilometers. So it's about exactly as wide as the state of Colorado. And Nix and Hydra are much smaller. They're about 100 kilometers. So they're like bigger than Jefferson County, but not a whole lot. Uh, and this new moon, P4, it doesn't really have a name yet, just a designation, the fourth moon of Pluto, um, is smaller still, probably only um, the size of a small county in Colorado, much smaller than Jefferson County. So this, these are very small rocks uh, out there, very far away from us. How did we find them? We looked with the best gun in the world. It's called the Hubble Space Telescope. And making long exposures, we spotted this. So we've just discovered this latest moon. Uh, Pluto itself was discovered in 1930, and Sharon was discovered in 78. Why does it take so long to, to figure out that these things are out there? If we've been looking at Pluto for, for 80 years now. Yeah, well, the technology to detect these guys, which are a million times fainter than Pluto itself, wasn't around for a long time. You really needed the Hubble Space Telescope to do this. But, of course, the Hubble was launched in uh, 1990. And, in fact, um, this could have been done uh, years ago. Uh, but Hubble's also very, very competitive. And for a long time, we proposed to look for new moons of Pluto, and those proposals were rejected. The first time that we got time on the Hubble, we found Nixon Hydra in eight minutes flat. Wow. And then we went back to look a little bit harder, actually for rings around Pluto, and found this new moon, P4, on the first try. So you are the principal investigator on the New Horizons spacecraft, which should be arriving at the Pluto system in 2015. Are you modifying that mission uh, to, to study this new object, the P4 moon? That we yeah, found? we're adding uh, observations to uh, map this new moon to better refine its orbit, to determine its shape, its color, its composition, uh, and to look harder for more moons. How do the, uh, the Hubble images contribute to the planning? What exactly do you find in these images that tell you what, what you're going to do when the spacecraft well, gets there? First, they tell us uh, uh, that the, the moon exists which we didn't know before. And then from making multiple images of it over time, it's just a point of light, but we can trace its orbit out. So then we know where to point our cameras. Also, we can measure its brightness, and from its brightness, we can set our exposure times on the spacecraft, and we have a pretty good idea of um, what size range it's in from just those measurements already. And that's enough to let us go ahead and plan the observations. What do you hope to learn when, when we get there? What are these, uh, these studies going to tell us about the early solar system? Well, they're going to tell us a lot about this new class of planets called dwarf planets. In 50 years of space exploration, we've never sent 
a mission to reconnoiter a dwarf planet yet. We're finding the Pluto system to be incredibly rich with satellites. Uh, we launched thinking there were just Pluto and Charon. Now we know that there's Pluto, Charon, Nix, Hydra, and whatever we name P4, plus maybe more. <laughs> I'm telling people you're getting five objects for the price of two, and it might even go higher. Um, I think what we want to learn primarily is um, as much as we can from this first example of this new class of planet, dwarf planet. Do you have any idea what they're like? Do you know what to expect? It's been a long time since we've been to a new planet. But every time in the 60s, 70s, 80s that a spacecraft went to a planet for the first time, we had our doors blown off. No one expected Mercury to be essentially an all-core planet or Mars to have river valleys or Io to have volcanoes. Um, and many, many other kinds of discoveries that Venus would be a toxic waste dump. Those kinds of things just so radically changed our view that this, the smartest way to go after this first reconnaissance of a dwarf planet is to just go in with your eyes wide open, with the best sensors, without any preconceived notions, and let nature tell us in the pictures and the spectra and the other kinds of data that we'll get what it's all about. And a lot of guesswork about what you should expect will probably backfire because if we expect specific things and look for those, we might miss other things we didn't expect, which are even more important. So you said that the, the new moon doesn't have a name yet. Do you have any proposed candidates that, that you would like it to be named? <laughs> <laughs> the team's discussing candidates. And uh, uh, in fact, I, I just tweeted yesterday for New Horizons Anybody with a good idea, uh, send us one, come back. And uh, we got about 60 responses right away. I was in Seattle last week um, uh, with an internet um, uh, billionaire who offered to um, buy the naming rights. Of course, you can't buy the naming rights. Uh, I told him that um, uh, there's, there's nothing for us to sell here, but if the money might go to science, um, maybe that's an interesting way to name things in the future. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about New Horizons or about this new moon of Pluto or anything like that? Let's, let's ask those separately, or at least I'll answer them separately. Okay. So a couple of other things you might be interested in, in knowing about New Horizons. We're two-thirds of the way there almost now. The spacecraft's in great health. Um, 2015 doesn't seem so far away as it did back in 2006 when we launched. And we're right on course. So everything's going really well with New Horizons. Um, uh, you asked if there was anything uh, we might like people to know um, about Pluto and its moon system. Um, I would tell them to expect that there may be more moons discovered, and Pluto may end up having a lot of moons. It's very surprising for a small planet to have a lot of moons, but, you know, uh, you don't get to order what, what nature does. Nature gets to tell you what, what uh, it did. So in the, in the class of dwarf planets, do you expect, as, as New Horizons moves out into the Kuiper Belt and, and will visit other objects similar to Pluto, um, do you expect that there will be lots more dwarf planets out there so for, um, and, first and the, that first, they might be similar with so moon systems like this? Great question. Um, first, a clarification. When New Horizons uh, leaves the Pluto system and goes on to study Kuiper Belt objects, um, we won't go to large ones like Pluto. Um, they're just too few and far between, um, and we only have a certain amount of fuel. So the ones that we can get to are going to be the size of P4 or maybe Nix and Hydra. They're going to be more typical of objects in the Kuiper Belt, the size of counties, not large states. We already know that the Kuiper Belt is littered with dwarf planets in addition to these much smaller objects. Um, 
and uh, we already have information that other dwarf planets have moons. Uh, other dwarf planets have ices on their surface. Um, we're looking for atmospheres like Pluto has. Uh, but that's a developing story. Do you think there's any chance of finding life out there? Not with New Horizons. That would be very unlikely since we don't carry any sensors to detect life and we don't land or even orbit. We just fly by. Um, but whether there's life um, or not in any given locale is an open bet. Uh, well, one of the things we've really learned in planetary science is, is that our preconceived notions from the Earth are usually very naive. Uh, they're limited by exp our experience. And there are good reasons to believe from the geophysics that Pluto has an ocean on the inside with liquid water. And if that's actually the case, uh, then um, you could imagine that there could be uh, an ecosystem there. We just don't know. Um, hopefully New Horizons will help inform us about whether that ocean is real or not, um, and then we'll go from there. It, it sounds like uh, the, this new class of dwarf planets is, is set to, to just blow up, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to find tons of them out there. So our, our solar system family is going to get a lot bigger, isn't it? It is, and we already know that uh, the dwarf planets are the most populous class of planet in the solar system, probably in the galaxy. And that's one of the most exciting things about New Horizons, is that um, here we are going not just uh, uh, to planet Pluto, but actually going to a whole new class of planet, which is uh, so populous uh, that it's bound to inform us very broadly about things in our own solar system and indeed the whole galaxy. All right. I think I'm out of questions at this point. So okay, thank you for coming. Okay, I'm out of answers. <laughs> that was Alan Stern, principal investigator on NASA's New Horizons mission, scheduled to arrive at the Pluto system in 2015. You can hear more How on Earth interviews and full episodes of the show by subscribing to our podcast through iTunes or by visiting our website at howonearthradio.org. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Ted Burnham.